Educators Amplified, the podcast. Educators Amplified, Educators Amplified, where we amplify educators' voice, amplify students' experience, amplify well-being, amplify hope, amplify what's really going on in our public schools, amplify solutions to restore the education profession, amplify new possibilities. I'm Joanna. And I'm Hallie. We see you. We hear you. We are you. So welcome back, everyone, to Educators Amplified, the podcast. Again, I'm Hallie Schmeling. And I'm Joanna Rosado. And we're just excited to be connecting with everyone right now. Thank you for listening. We've got some good stuff planned out today, so Mm -hmm. let's just get right into Mm -hmm. it. We wanted to talk today about what's really going on in schools. I can say all schools are back fully in person. Yeah, as far as I know, unless you're temporarily shut down. Right. Or unless a family chooses to be virtual. But I just like this emphasis on like, we're all back in person. It was like, we've got to get the kids back to school. Um, We've got to get them back because mental health is on the rise. Or what were other reasons that we would hear we have to get back? We needed to get back because kids needed the structure, routine, their mental health was suffering, parents needed to go back to work. Yeah. But that's really, like, that's what we've been hearing. But so there definitely was a distinct, like, last year it was like, yeah, we're remote because we have to be because the disease is surging. Now the disease is actually surging among children, but we're back. Schools are open. School districts, by and large, are, are open at full capacity. Okay. So I wanted to bring this up because I felt like it was a very desperate plea to get all the kids back to school. I want to give that setup because I want to talk about now, like, what is the reality of how things are going in schools? Oh, being back. Yes. Mm -hmm. That it was like, we have to be back because it's going to save the children from their anxiety and depression. Save the kids from, you know, you get what I'm saying? Like, there was this desperation. Oh, yeah. So how would we describe or what have you been hearing? What have we been noticing from colleagues, from students about What is school like right now? It's hard. It's different. And we seem pretty unprepared as a system to flex and adapt to the challenges. Some things that we're noticing um, is lowered attendance. Not everybody did come back. Some of the things we're hearing anecdotally is that 20 to 30 percent of kids aren't attending regularly. And that can be just their own mental health. That could be their quarantine. But so with that, I would say attendance is inconsistent. I'm noticing a whole new level I talk about of fragility among the kids. And that's kind of a big deal considering my area of expertise is working with students who are struggling with mental health and well-being And I'm seeing it at a whole deeper level. I really like your word fragility. And I think we should describe more by like what we mean by that. Um, I can see that students are, I would almost describe as like on the edge a lot more. Mm -hmm. It really is just drop of a hat and they could be crying. 
mm-hmm. or drop of the hat, and they're like, I can't do this. Shut down. Yeah, there's fragility, and then I also notice stamina. Stamina is difficulties, you know, doing things for long periods of time. I see the stamina both mentally and physically. I am um, observing some physical changes in students that I had not seen to this level. Again, literally with like moving the body. We walk every day in our program, and I would say the stamina for for walking in general movement has been impacted. So definitely some of the changes that I think we're hearing and seeing, teachers are reporting more. See, they call them behavior issues. We call them something different, but they yeah. literally say things like behaviors. Yeah. And so, so the fragility and stamina is a behavior issue now. Right. Because they're maybe more explosive or mm-hmm. more sensitive in crying or, or not coming. Right. Unwilling or resistant to participate in something. I also want to highlight. You know, so since I've been teaching for 12 years, and like I've shared at the height of Act 10 is when I started, I've been watching teachers leave the profession at high rates, right? We've said that there's a teacher exodus. And so what you're saying is I see that in students, and I also see that with the educators in our buildings. And I mentioned people have been leaving throughout my career, but they've always left at the end of a school year. I think something that's also new to me this year that I haven't noticed before is educators, any position within the school building, people leaving, literally have left this school year a month into the school year. And I feel like you can say from your years, but that is new to me, that teachers or just we can't find substitutes, we have low staff for food support, cleaning staff is exceptionally hard to find, secretaries leaving within the month. That is something that I've never experienced. Yeah, well, and it's reflective, like you said, of the same issue. Fragility, stamina. Yes. Um, I'll also add that both students and teachers are reporting issues with sleeping, Mm -hmm. um, with eating, and then general kind of like motivational levels. Mm -hmm. So I just want to highlight that this is happening not only for students, but also educators within this profession. We want to talk today about how we see it. You did a great job of saying like, right, it's viewed as behavior or it's viewed as that teacher left or that individual has the problem. And it's very external. Like, oh, they just they just have mental health things or you should go to counseling. And we're really focused on the internal of like the root, just what's going on in our body. Well, we're just as responsible, I feel, for helping people's inner reality as we are with their external circumstances. Mm-hmm. We will hear that described as like behaviors are out of control or there's more behaviors. And when I said that we look at that differently, that's something we want to offer to everybody. Really what it has to do with is nervous system regulation. And, you know, these are signs and symptoms of a heightened uh nervous, you know, the the nervous system that's activated in that stress response um, more often than not, where things are out of balance. I know that that happens in schools where, where there will be a feeling like, well, if I don't say anything, then I'm condoning the behavior. Again, we get back to that whole like, oh, behavior. And we treat it as though behavior is a matter of choice versus stress drives behavior. It's a fundamental difference. 
So we're noticing students and educators in extreme stress. I just can totally see that we've all come back to school as if it's the pre-pandemic or pre-COVID. It's just like back to the books and like let's standardize tests. Uh, the majority of what we're having kids do in schools is academics and that's it. It's just like, welcome back. Let's get back to school as quote unquote normal. And yet there's been a global trauma. And I know that when I say trauma, that might sound extreme, but trauma really is an experience you've had that abruptly changes how you operate or think. And so, hello, COVID-19. This virus has come and wildly changed our lives. Students, educators, people are all collectively trying to operate in this new reality. And here's where Joanna and I come in. We've been teaching in a program for the past 10 years in an alternative education program that integrates well-being and academics. Let's briefly explain alternative education and perhaps dispel some stereotypes. So what would you say, Joanna? Alternative education is, first of all, a thing. You don't hear about it. You're often here, math, mm -hmm. science, social studies, English, special education, music education, whatever. But there is an area of education called alternative education. And the difference with alternative education is it does have a general focus on the whole child in a relationship. In the past, alternative education programs were pretty reactive and viewed negatively. They were mainly of the last chance variety and may have been just focused on GED programs or getting credits. But I feel that that is shifting and we certainly created and designed something different, something that is a choice, something that's proactive and something that gets to the root of the issues that lead to disengagement, chronic truancy, other social or community issues. So alternative education, they're just different parameters. It allows a lot of different flexibility. You know, there's always been the whole charter school versus public school debate. And I just think public schools should take more advantage of alternative education, especially now, and use what's there to meet the needs of students. But the history of alternative education was based on things that were happening, but it was labeled pretty negatively, where it would really kind of sound like the fault of the child. Mm -hmm. I know I've worked really hard, and you've been a partner with me mm -hmm. in it, to change that, mm -hmm. to, to instead of, again, look at the externals and be like credit deficient, chronic truant problems in the home, school, and community. Like those were some of the general factors. Now we look at more characteristics. Right. I just know like whenever I say like, oh, I'm an alternative education teacher, people will be like, oh, wow, good for you. Those students are really rough. And one, I don't think so. I just view it like we have a one size fits all in the traditional system. And it just doesn't make sense for it to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so we've fundamentally changed the philosophy of traditional education from focus primarily on academics to integrating well-being and acknowledging the students' lived experiences within the classroom. And I'd say we've done this successfully for the last 10 years. Well, and perhaps I said this somewhere else, but what it makes me think about is 20 years ago, it was very clear to me 
that we were not meeting the well-being needs of students within school. But to think that we started our program 10 years ago and that what we've been doing for 10 years was needed then, Mm -hmm. but is needed at like a larger scale, a massive scale and a deeper intensity now. Yeah. I know it's needed because in order to get to logic and critical thinking, our brain and body like this is literally on a biological level, has to be at ease. And a concept we teach and use is regulation. First to start, regulation is our ability to bounce back from stress and feeling safe and secure physically and mentally. So first, let's just start, like, where did this come from or how did we even get to looking at regulation? I believe it was in just trauma research. So if you look at the science of traumatology, I think it's called now. It's kind of a newer science. Um, But I remember when I was looking into that, everything boils down to the biological factors in your body and the regulated or dysregulated human nervous system. And the idea that our thoughts do have an impact, you know, it's chicken egg, but our thoughts have an impact on our physical body. Our physical body then determines our thoughts or our access to logic. I believe that the concept of regulation, dysregulation is rooted in trauma work. We always describe trauma simply by saying the experience of the pandemic, the experience of living with COVID is trauma. It is. And people will view it as it's just the event. COVID is the trauma. And with this traumatology, is that what you said? Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's a cool way to say it. We know that trauma is the event, also how the individual experiences it, and then how it affects them. And so this regulation concept gets into the experience of it and the effect of it. And I see it that in schools today, and in lots of places, but we're going to concentrate on schools, we're seeing the experience and effects of living through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. And we need to address it. It's something that I view that's empowering, actually, to students when we talk about regulation, because it isn't a you're good if you're regulated, or you'd be good if you weren't so fragile, or if you had more stamina. Or you're bad because that's what you're experiencing. There's an isness to it. And what I mean is that, right, it's through our human nervous system and that it just is. Like how we blink, we just blink. How our lungs help us breathe. You know, like I don't have to tell myself to breathe. I don't have to tell myself to blink. Same with this is how our nervous system is working in our autonomic nervous system. It's automatically happening that our body's going to respond. Well, when I think of regulation, I think of the body being in balance, like your breathing, just calm and regulated, your thoughts slower. Literally, like the speed of them. Yeah, the speed of your thoughts, even the speed of your speech, feeling in balance, being able to have compassion and view others more through love and understanding When I think of dysregulation, I do think about kind of things moving fast, the language, maybe the speed of thought in your head, the body, the kind of bouncing from here to there, not being able to attend or focus to something. 
literally the heart beating faster, the breathing getting faster, argumentative, judgmental, focusing on other rather than self. I really think about with dysregulation, it is kind of just what we're seeing. You know, it does make me think about even teaching right now. I know from doing dysregulation that like, right, a sign of dysregulation or a sign that your nervous system is off or heightened is like acting out. I always like to add that this is a very simple yet powerful concept that we teach students um, and then other friends and adults. But just very basically, we know how our body feels. If you stop and you take a minute, you can pay attention to, to notice of like, how does my body feel? Does it feel tensed up? Does it feel more relaxed? We can pay attention to the thoughts in our mind. Are they moving fast? Are they slower? We can pay attention to how are we viewing what I'm even saying right now? Mm -hmm. Does this seem like I can openly hear this? Do I have resistance? We can pay attention to how are we viewing others? Are we looking at them very critically or are we looking at them with curiosity? And when we explain it kind of that way to students, it's, again, rather immediate. And then when we say, let's pay attention to things that activate and elevate our stress, and let's pay attention to things that have us feeling balanced and calm, we're able to do that. We guide them through that. When you can explain it that way to students and say, okay, you get that? Like, you know how you feel in your body. So me as your teacher, I don't need to tell you how you feel. One, I can see some things, but two, you can tell me. And when I give them the language for them to explain, it changes the dynamic. Because, right, it's not like, oh, you're just trying to get attention or you're trying to make people mad. Our students, in turn, can say, I'm dysregulated. This is a loving term once, mm -hmm. once you understand what it really means. Mm -hmm. And so how we hear it then is like, okay, so how do we support you? Or what do you need to do for yourself to bring that down? Mm -hmm. And we put it in their control. Mm -hmm. We try to bring the power to them. I can't. I can have an effect. Like there is technically a thing about co-regulation. If I'm calmer and my tone is slower and my tone is softer, that can help your nervous system come down. But really it's about teaching people how their brain and their body works. And when you think about how you feel when you're going off or when you're overwhelmed, it really is just your nervous system. And that is just what it is. So it's not like you woke up and chose to have the bad day Everything that's happening in schools right now, I have that lens of regulation, dysregulation. So the examples that we gave with the fragility, stamina in students and adults, their level of dysregulation is like titching up, 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 up. And so like I said before, it's not just you're dysregulated or regulated. We try to encourage looking at it as a scale from zero to 10 is how we'll describe and it. And that it can fluctuate. Oh, yeah. It's different than just the smiley faces or the sad faces, where it's presented as kind of like fixed and external. I'm all about the scale, because something I know for myself is when I'm really dysregulated, I get into black and white thinking, which means this or that, good or bad. So then my mind can go into like, oh, I'm dysregulated right now. I just need to get back to regulation. 
Well, why I like the scale is that it brings that gray space and it brings, it, it softens me. And so trying to understand that zero to four is on the more regulated side. Five is right in between. You're feeling a bit of both. And then you get more and more dysregulated as it goes six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 is like total breakdown. And what we're seeing more and more with kids coming back to school right now is that kids are coming in at like sevens. Mm-hmm. So they're not even regulated. They are not ready to be able to go into this logic of critical thinking and math and reading. What we can see is what are things that we can do environmentally within the school What are ways, a different lens that we can have as educators to work with students of how do we help teach around this so that students can take ownership to lower their number? And then also environment is looking to also help lower that number. So again, when you mentioned the zero to 10 scale earlier, when we do have students kind of self-assess, we kind of tell them that if you are at a five or above, then job number one has to be something that is more regulating. And not literally just like something, like there's this puzzle you pick up and are like, now I'm doing this thing and it's more regulating. It's more paying attention to everything. Like, what am I going to do to titch this down? I always like to share that a three, four around there is your most optimal space of stress because it isn't saying that stress isn't present, but it is saying that there's a good amount of stress to keep you productive. So you're not looking for no stress. You know, no stress would be around the zero, one, two, where you're just chilling, laid back, watching a movie. You need that time too. But we're just seeing more and more that more kids than ever before, more adults than ever before, are coming to schools at higher levels. To see this zero through 10 scale visually, check out our Instagram page at Educators Amplified. I love it. Again, we have the results, I guess, where our students are able to say, and and we plan to feature some of our former students. So you will be able to hear people who have experienced this as a part of their education share how going to school helped them literally feel better. Yes. When we were talking to the kids the other day, remember, we were doing the self-assessment in general, like, right, they're self-assessing how things have gone this first month or so of school. And when they were like, I enjoy coming, I can focus on my work, I feel like I want to connect with people. I mean, basically, they're saying they feel confident and capable. And it struck me, and I did end up saying to them, I'm like, I think this is the first time you're experiencing school in a regulated state. That's really what's happened here, is you feel regulated at school. Beautiful. So I would say step one is being aware of it for yourself. You know, now you're increasing your awareness by understanding zero to 10. Check out our Instagram. You can see more details about specifically what regulation is internally and externally with lots of examples, and then what dysregulation is internally and externally. And just start noticing it for yourself. That's a, I think that's a great step one. Right. And once you know it, you can share it with someone else. Mm-hmm. Once you feel a little more confident about it, you can share it with your students. Mm-hmm. I am telling you, yep. this is something intuitive. They understand it, they like it, and it's helpful. And once you move beyond awareness, then you can get into really starting to understand what are things that you can do to bring your levels down. Like, 
How do you regulate yourself? Basically, I just want to bring forth awareness of this concept Mm -hmm. of regulation Mm -hmm. and that it's about increasing your awareness. Mm -hmm. It's about understanding that it's naturally going on in your body and that this is what's in control right now of you. Mm -hmm. And as you realize it in yourself, then you become more in control. Yep. And that we see in schools right now, yes, students are back, and it's still very based on external and not this conversation about regulation. And once you know what it is, then you can do something about it. You know, there's a term. You got to be able to name it to tame it. What we want to offer is this idea of regulation is something to name it to tame it. Students, you're not bad because you're having just natural reactions to the stresses around you. Teachers, you're not inadequate because you're having physical reactions to the stresses around you. It is what it is. And yet, where the power comes in is how quickly then we can start to bring the nervous system down with paying attention to our breathing, our environment, our thoughts. And that's the power we share with students. And so we always want to share because we experience something different with that lens. So job one in schools needs to be regulation. Yes. Because you can't get there without it. It's just how the brain works. You need to be in a, in a calm, regulated state to be able to bring in new um, information, process things at deep level, and truly connect. We just want to say thank you again to everybody for being here. Make sure you connect through educatorsamplified at gmail.com. Again, we have our Instagram, which is Educators Amplified. Let's hear from you. Tell us what your thoughts are about regulation. Have you heard about this before? Um, Do you feel optimistic? Do you feel skepticism? Just what are your thoughts? What are you seeing? What are you hearing? We're open to it. Thank you to our sponsor, WEA Academy. And thanks to Josh at Silver City Studios. 